Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA as a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry... We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, March 22nd, 2023. Today, a possible indictment of Donald Trump in Manhattan and the next steps. A Fox News producer says she was set up in the Dominion case. Donald loses two more times today in court. And the special master in the Project Veritas case determines much of their evidence isn't privileged. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hello, Dana. How are you today? I'm good, my friend. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you very much. Uh, we have a great show. We've got a lot of news. We've got the good news at the end. And so I'm I'm super excited about that. Did your show sell out in Berkey? I know it's very close. If, if, if there's any tickets, I think there's only a handful. Oh, awesome. Well, you can go to danagoldberg.com if you want to see her in, you know, the 505 <laughs> Albuquerque. Do it. May 20th at the South, <laughs> 20th. Broadway, South Broadway Cultural Center. It's a great venue, only 300 seats. So it's a small, intimate venue, but we're very close to no seats. So get on there and get them while they're still left. I love you. Only 300 seats. You're so humble. That's a big ass theater lady. You're selling out big ass theaters. Oh, thank you, sweetheart, very much. <laughs> at least it is to me. <laughs> <laughs> It'll feel good in there. I, I love it. That sounds like a, an amazing, amazing time. So I hope that if there are seats left, 
any of our Illuminati can go and snatch them up. All right, we've got a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, the latest on the Manhattan DA Trump indictment watch is that the grand jury may vote to indict Donald today. But we might not hear about it until he's arraigned. Erica Orden at Politico put out a very good and complete description of what happens next, what we can expect. She writes, In many ways, the mechanics of indicting Trump are likely to be the same as they would for any other defendant charged by the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. In other ways, they may be quite different, largely due to the fact that Trump enjoys the protection of the U.S. Secret Service and draws supporters who have resorted to violence in the past. Now, of course, he did put up a trial balloon to say he was going to be arrested yesterday and like nine people showed up. So I'm not real sure (laughs) if it's going to work out for him in the protest and take back the nation arena. But, you know, we'll see. And I know law enforcement's on top of it. But here's how the expected indictment of Trump is likely to unfold. Although, as with most things related to the former president, expect the unexpected. Is Trump definitely going to be indicted? Not definitely, but appears very likely. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office has brought numerous witnesses before the grand jury and offered Trump a chance to go before the grand jury, an indication that the office is seeking to indict him. Though it is possible for the grand jury to vote against charging him. Grand juries rarely decline to indict, though. And if the district attorney's office thought they were in danger of the grand jury voting no, prosecutors likely would have paused the proceedings. Next up, what does the grand jury vote entail? Well, after prosecutors finish presenting witnesses, an assistant district attorney will tell the 23-person grand jury which charges that they will be considering, you know, like which crimes, which codes, and they will read the text of the law to them. The grand jury will then leave to discuss the case and then vote on it. An indictment requires 12 or more jurors to vote yes. If that happens, the vote will be recorded on a form and signed, then taken by someone from the DA's office to either the clerk's office or to the office of the judge who's overseeing the grand jury. It will be placed into an envelope, sealed and stamped by the clerk. How will we know if and when Trump is indicted? Well, once the indictment is stamped, the DA's office will notify an attorney for Trump that he has been indicted. At that point, Trump is free to make this information public. (laughs) Which he will. (laughs) He tends to do that, but it won't be made public by the DA's office. Will he be arrested? Will his mugshot be taken? When will he appear in court? Because this case is white collar, the DA's office will ask the Trump attorney when he plans to come to New York to be arraigned. The law does not require a defendant to turn himself in within a specific time frame, so the timing here is flexible. Whenever he comes to New York, he and his attorney will report to the district attorney's office where Trump will be arrested and booked, which means he'll be fingerprinted and have his mugshot taken. He may also get a DNA swab. It is unclear how his Secret Service protection may affect this process. He will then be taken to the judge. This is the quote unquote perp walk we've been seeing, like with Weisselberg where the district attorney's office will ask for the indictment to be unsealed. It's possible that he'll be handcuffed when he is transported from the DA's office to court, which is a short walk away in the same building. At this point, he will be arraigned, which means he will have to enter a plea of guilty or not guilty. I'll give you you one guess. (laughs) He's going to (laughs) plead. Then he'll be released because these charges that he's likely to face are non-bailable because New York has that program. We should ask all Republicans how they feel about no bail at this point. Yeah. Yeah. What happens next? The judge will set a date for his next court appearance, usually for the defense and prosecution to discuss additional steps, as well as a potential discussion about discovery. After his initial court appearance, Trump will most likely be able to return to his Florida home or wherever he chooses to wait for trial. 
Now, how far will House Republicans take their brag investigation? Erica writes, House Republicans followed through with a pledge to investigate brag over claims of politicized judicial process. But the probe is still in its infancy. Jim Jordan, Jim Comer, and Brian Steele, the chairs of the Judiciary Oversight and Administration Committees, fired off a letter to Alvin Bragg accusing him of, quote, actions that will erode confidence in the even-handed application of justice and unalterably interfere in the course of the 2024 presidential election if Trump is indicted. A DA spokesperson responded, saying they wouldn't be intimidated by attempts to undermine the justice process. Republicans are giving Bragg until 10 a.m. Thursday to set up an interview with the committee. They also want a tranche of documents and records, including any related to federal funding or communications with the Justice Department and other federal law enforcement agencies. They will not get them. Those requests are for now voluntary. Uh, And the letter doesn't include a mention of compulsory processes if Bragg doesn't comply. So no subpoenas so far. But my champagne is at the ready. Uh, it should be. And if you think about this, every time the Republicans try and do this, they usually get they usually end up fucking themselves. So if they investigate Bragg, there's a good chance they may actually find some wrongdoing and why he dropped the charges against Trump in the other case if they're actually going to investigate this guy. So I'd be shocked. It usually ends up biting him in the ass, though. And this is not the first bad news for Donald today. He's come up short twice in different cases First, his effort to keep key evidence out of his civil rape trial next month was rejected by a federal judge Monday. Judge Lewis Kaplan in Manhattan ruled that key witnesses will be allowed to testify and misogynistic remarks Trump made about women in 2005 when he apparently didn't realize he was being recorded can be played for a jury that will hear quarter-century-old rape allegations made by a former magazine columnist. And what they're talking about in general here is that Access Hollywood tape, which I will get Mm -hmm. to shortly. A trial on the case filed by E. Jean Carroll is scheduled to start April 25th. Carroll and Trump are expected to testify, both of them. In an order Monday, Kaplan ruled specifically that he would allow the Access Hollywood tape and testimony by two other women, two other women who say Trump attacked them sexually, to be included in next month's trial, repeating his rulings from the defamation case. He said there's no reason, and Mr. Trump has made no persuasive argument, for me to rule differently. He also said he will allow testimony from two individuals who worked at the department store at the time of the alleged rape to testify, even though Trump's lawyers objected, saying they hadn't been notified in a timely fashion of the testimony and hadn't had a chance to depose the witnesses. In another case, a judge declined Tuesday to remove the trial date from a civil lawsuit filed against Donald, his eldest children, and his company by New York Attorney General Tish James, alleging they duped banks and insurers by inflating the value of Trump's real estate portfolio. So this is the other case that he's in a lot of fucking trouble for. Well, his legal team sought to delay, but Judge Arthur Angeron said there was no need to postpone what he called a seemingly simple case of whether Trump's disclosures to his lenders and insurers, known as statements of financial condition, were accurate or not. (laughs) Now, this is a quote. The issue is whether the statements were false, Angeron said, and closed with, this case is complex, but it's not complicated. (laughs) Yep, the trial is scheduled to start October 2nd. Well, Trump's attorneys also sought the court's permission to take depositions from more than 30 witnesses, which the attorney general's office called an excessive fishing expedition, The judge has already rejected several defenses, including that Engeron called the, quote, everyone was doing it defense. (laughs) And this is another quote. You don't have to have an accounting degree, Engeron said. A triplex apartment is worth less money if it's 11,000 
and not 30,000 square feet, referring to an allegation in the state's 214-page complaint that Trump overvalued his apartment in Trump Tower. Until he moved to Florida, Trump lived in an 11,000-square-foot triplex. Well, from 2012 to 2016, Trump represented the size of the apartment to be 30,000 square feet and valued it as high as $327 million, according to the lawsuit. <laughs> Dude, Guo Wang Wei's entire Fifth Avenue, Park Avenue floor was $68 million. Unbelievable. No, no apartment in New York has ever sold for that much. But yeah, so he lost those two cases or, you know, he was handed some losses in those cases today. And we have an update in the Project Veritas case. You'll remember they're being investigated for stealing Ashley Biden's diary and their leader, James O'Keefe, whose house was searched by the FBI, recently stepped down as CEO. In a 20 page report issued by the special master, Barbara Jones, in the case, who incidentally is the same special master that was assigned to the Cohen case, the Rudy case, and she's the New York Attorney General's Trump org babysitter pending civil suit. Remember that? <laughs> they were like, we need somebody to look to watch. Tish James was like, we need to appoint somebody to they he's hiding stuff by calling a new business the Trump Organization Two. Two. Remember that? Yeah, well, I do. Of course I do. That's a good, real sneaky, pretty sneaky, sis. I'm sure they workshopped that for a while. <laughs> yeah, there was meetings. Uh, as explained in more detail below, I'm reading now from the from the uh, report from Barbara Jones. As explained in more detail below, the first two steps in the process are complete, and we are now at the third step. I reviewed the documents for responsiveness, and the filter team reviewed the responsive documents for privilege. The filter team identified documents as potentially protected by the attorney-client privilege, and the remaining items were slated for release to the investigative team. Petitioners then reviewed the documents and raised their objections to me. For every document that was conceded by petitioners to be responsive to the search warrants, petitioners objected to their release on First Amendment and related grounds. Petitioners also objected to certain documents on responsiveness and attorney-client privilege grounds. I respectfully recommend the court adopt the below rulings with respect to these documents. She says on November 4th and 6th, 2021, the FBI executed search warrants at the residences of three individuals affiliated with Project Veritas. On August 25th, 2022, Robert Curlander and Amy Harris pled guilty to one count of conspiracy to commit interstate transportation of stolen property, the diary. I determined that 1,021 documents were responsive to the search warrants. I provided those determinations to the filter team, who then reviewed those documents for any applicable privileges. The filter team identified 17 documents as potentially protected by the attorney-client privilege. It did not find that any other privileges protected the documents. With respect to the documents that I identified as responsive, petitioners primarily object on the basis of the First Amendment, uh, responsiveness, and attorney-client privilege. Based on the materials submitted to me, including the search warrant affidavits, the government's correspondence to me, and the guilty pleas of Harris and Curlander, I find that the government has satisfied its burden of proving facts that show probable cause to believe that crimes or fraud have been committed. And with respect to the 14 documents that I evaluated for the crime-fraud exception, the government has, with respect to 10 of them, satisfied its burden of showing that the communications in issue were in furtherance of the crimes or fraud. As to the remaining documents, I found two are privileged or partially privileged and two are not privileged because they are not for the purpose of obtaining or providing legal advice. So I recommend you read the full filing for all the details, but it's not looking good for Project Veritas. It's only 17 <laughs> and maybe maybe parts of four more were uh, thought to be privileged out of over a thousand. 
I love it. This is a good day for justice. And this is the last story in this section. This is from Confessor and Robertson at the Times. We've got a Fox News producer who has worked with the hosts Maria Bartimramo, as I do sometimes, and Tucker Carlson filed lawsuits against the company in New York and Delaware on Monday. And what they did, they're accusing Fox lawyers of coercing her into giving misleading testimony into the continuing legal battle around the network's coverage of unfounded claims about election fraud. The producer, Abby Grossberg, said Fox News lawyers had tried to position her and Ms. Bartiromo to take the blame for Fox's repeated airing of conspiracy theories about Dominion voting system and its supposed role in manipulating the results of the 2020 presidential election. As we know, we've covered it in depth. Dominion has filed a $1.6 billion defamation suit against Fox. Ms. Grossberg said the effort to place blame on her and Ms. Bartiromo was rooted in rampant misogyny and discrimination at the network. Really? At Fox News? Knew? You don't say. The lawsuits also include details about Ms. Grossberg's work life at Fox and on Mr. Carlson's show. Ms. Grossberg says she and other women endured frank and open sexism, really, you don't say, from coworkers and superiors at the network. I'm not laughing because it's very serious, but to be surprised at all that Tucker Carlson is a douchebag is ridiculous. But she's saying that the show, which was has been dogged for years by lawsuits and allegations about sexual harassment by Fox executives and stars. So this is not different or new to anyone. In her complaints, Ms. Grossberg accuses lawyers for Fox News of coaching her in a, quote, coercive and intimidating manner before her September deposition in the Dominion case. Wow. Yeah. The lawyer, she said, gave her the impression that she had to avoid mentioning prominent male executives and on-air talent to protect them from any blame while putting her own reputation at risk. Fox I News, fucking piece of work, man. Go ahead, A.G. I, I guess she's not considered on-air talent. <laughs> uh, yeah, whoopsie. And by the way, <laughs> on Monday afternoon, Fox filed its own suit against Miss Grossberg, seeking to enjoin her from filing claims that would shed light on her discussions with the company's lawyers. A judge has not yet ruled on the Fox's suit. Later on Monday, according to her lawyer, Parisis G. Filipatos. Mm, sounds right to me. Good, because it doesn't often. <laughs> Fox also <laughs> placed Ms. Grossberg on forced administrative leave. So she's getting the raw end of all this. They're throwing her right under the bus. And a judge heard arguments for summary judgment in the Dominion suit today. OK, so this is an addition. Dominion filed a summary judgment, which is very rare in defamation cases because the bar to prove malice is so high. Summary judgment basically means, hey, you don't need a trial to see that we should win. So just give us a judgment now. Like, come on. We can do it. Forget about it. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Come on. How you doing? Now, Fox News argued it's protected by the First Amendment. Well, jury selection is scheduled to begin April 13th, the day after my birthday, with trial kicking off the next week on April 17th. As of this recording right now, we don't yet have the judge's decision on summary judgment, though, AG and I imagine this one will head to trial. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, the the summary judgment, I've never seen a defamation get settled in summary judgment like that. But I mean, there's so much evidence. Um, and as soon as we hear the judge's decision on that, we'll let you know. But I imagine he'll let it go and be heard before before a jury. All right. We do have a little bit of breaking news from ABC this is pretty interesting here. I'm about to tweet this out, but sources say the special counsel Jack Smith claims Trump deliberately misled his attorneys about classified documents. This is the Judge Beryl Howell ruling. 
And it says that prosecutors in the special counsel's office have presented compelling preliminary evidence that former President Trump knowingly and deliberately misled his own attorneys about his retention of classified materials after leaving office. And that's according to the uh, Judge Beryl Hall in a sealed filing on Friday. And uh, that's sources who described it. She stepped down on Friday as the D.C. court's chief judge. So we will see what's new in this. We'll go over it in detail tomorrow on The Beans, but pretty interesting. And then, of course, you know, Andy and I'll covered on Jack this week as well. So if you haven't listened to the Jack podcast, now's a good time because <laughs> shit's getting real. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for that. And thank you for uh, for helping me get through the hot notes today. I'm I'm a little off my game with all the breaking news. I feel like I just, I don't have enough eyes to read it all. <laughs> oh, there's a lot. You've been great. I mean, you're always great. I mean, the amount of work you do on any given day, AG, I'm shocked that, well, I'm shocked that the art podcast sounded that they're as together as they are because you have got so much on your plate. <laughs> well, we have also a very amazing team over here. At oh, that NSW is Media, very so. true. All right. And speaking of that amazing team, um, they have put the good news together for us. We're going to read that after this quick break. If you have any good news, you can send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you want to give a shout out to somebody that is amazing or, you know, send in your pod pet pics, especially in costume. If you don't have a pod pet, you can send a local adoptable pet in your area. Uh, Maybe there's a business in your area that needs a shout out. Maybe you have a whoopee story. Maybe you put a masking tape square on your floor and your cats have sat in the middle of it. Anything you want to send to us, send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. All right. First up from Linda S. Pronoun she and her. Hi, just a friendly correction for the pronunciation for Judge Janet in Wisconsin. Protasiewicz. No, that's not right. Protasiewicz. <laughs> Protasiewicz. And here's a video to help you out. I'm going for Judge Janet. Protas- Janet. Protasiewicz. Protosaves. <laughs> <laughs> Janet Protosaves. <laughs> Janet Protosaves for Supreme Court. Protosaves. 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 I'm Judge Janet Protosaves. Protosaves. Yeah. We're going to put a link in the, in the show notes. It's a really cute video too. Share it everywhere, and everybody in Wisconsin, get out and vote. All right. Angie's kicking us off with that one. I'll take the next short one. We're going to go back and forth here quickly. This is from Anonymous. <laughs> anonymous pronoun she and her. Hi, Beans Queens. When AG got finished with the overwhelming hot notes marathon on Monday, it made me think of this recent photo of my beloved rescue dog taking a very peculiar nap. Wishing, <laughs> wishing you rest however you can find it. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Okay. So they look at the bones on the floor. Oh, my God. The dog's like, I'm exhausted. Here's a plant. <laughs> That's called a face plant. That's hysterical. <laughs> oh, man. So it's this German shepherd on a couch with the head over the side in a plant, in a potted plant with a pile of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen rawhide bones on the floor. Absolutely wonderful. What a sweetheart. Thank you for sending that in. 
Next up from Alice, pronouns she and her. Love you, ladies. Couple of confessions. I always hear TFG, not as the former guy, but in Jon Stewart's voice, that fucking guy. Fantasy letter to Marjorie Taylor Greene. Dear Miss Greene, as regards to your expressed interest in a national divorce, please be aware that the party abandoning the union forfeits all right to the name, land, anthem, flag, and financial support of the nation being abandoned. You may wish to end your association with the union, but you are not entitled to force other citizens to go with you. I suggest you approach President Putin of Russia. I understand the population there has recently dropped. Perhaps Putin would be willing to offer you citizenship in exchange for military service. They are quite shorthanded, militarily speaking. (laughs) I believe there's a lot of empty land available in Siberia. Perhaps he will offer you a gulag of your very own. Yeah, the, the, the gazpacho police can hang out there. Contrary to what you may have been told, Russia has no Second Amendment right to bear arms and no NRA. You will be unable to transport your personal arsenal by commercial flight. However, since Ukraine is currently involved in an armed conflict to protect their democracy, rehoming your weapons should pose no major challenge. The country you are leaving has spacious military planes. The citizens you leave behind will be relieved to see them go. The Ukrainians who will receive them will put them to proper use on the battlefield. Enjoy your new life in Russia. By the way, that was a great letter. It was. It was fantastic. Also, I love when you get Pete to swear. It really makes my day. I got him again on today's cleanup on aisle 45 toward the end. Nice. For pet tax, I give you the geese my sister loved. She was special needs, still a hundred times smarter than the former guy, and carried a plastic long goose with her for years. To the library, to McDonald's, to the grocery store. She died last year, but returns with the geese, I'm sure. Oh, Hi, geese. Super sweet. Oh, man, you got to be kidding on this next one. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, what do you got? Okay, this is from Patty B in Oakland. No pronouns on this one. Hello, fabulous beans queens. This is not exactly a frog orgy, but it's definitely frog orgy adjacent. In English, we use the automyopia ribbit to describe the sounds that frogs make, but different languages use different words. You guys know where this is going, right? You all listening? Mm -hmm. I learned this today from world-famous frog orgy artist extraordinaire Froghole the Clown. (laughs) Yep. When he posted a story to Facebook along with a list of frog sounds from different languages. I'm sharing this with you and the listeners because why not? And because perhaps someone will be inspired to do a multicultural audio frog orgy soundtrack. Immersive multimedia would be cool too. Without further ado, in Mandarin, it's guio guio. In English, ribbit. German, quack quack. Hungarian, brekkik, brekkik. Italian, crack, (laughs) Italian, (laughs) crack, crack. Japanese, Carol Carol, Korean, Gaikul, Polish. I'm going to say that's kumkum, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Spanish, kra kra, Turkish, uh, virak virak, and Taya's op op. I think I did okay. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. Great. I sincerely apologize, but I have no information about the sounds that ex, uh, exolotus, ex, say it, ex, axolotls. Axolotls, thank you make while they are crashing a frog orgy. (laughs) I've included the frog orgy image again because I still laugh my ass off whenever I look at it. As always, thank you for making uh, me sounds smart and well-informed. Yes, I have this um, in my office. Isn't it beautiful? It is. It's very cute. Frog orgy 2023. Love it. All right. Next up from from Anonymous. Uh, In the 70s, I had a huge velvet squares quilt for my waterbed. Remember those? Yes, I do. My tuxedo cat would always lay on the light colored squares and my pale tiger cat laid on the black, purple or chocolate squares. We laughed about the color choice, but never thought about the shapes until now. LOL. 
And in a related post from Audrey, she and her caught in the blue square. Here are three photos. My husband wanted to play along. My big boy cat didn't want to have anything to do with it. And my orange girl went right into the square. This was fun. Thanks for suggesting it and for all you do. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, do, I mean, I would lo- I want to know the scientific reasoning behind all this. I don't know. I'll probably end up Googling some shit at this point, but I, it's fascinating. <laughs> it is. I don't understand it either, but they want to be in the square. So we got oh an orange God. cat in the square. This is so I have great. to wonder if you like put a bunch of people in like a courtyard and had, squ- you know what I mean? Like geometric mm-hmm. shapes in, in, in tape. If people would just out of curiosity be like, I wonder what this is for. <laughs> Go stand in it. Hmm. Huh. So funny. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Um, it's been a heck of a news week and it's going to continue on. Maybe there'll be an indictment. Maybe you'll hear about an indictment by the time you listen to the show. I'm not sure. Um, but again, as I said, the, the, that indictment will be sealed and, and we will only hear about it either for, through the DA's office when the arraignment happens or from Trump's lawyers or Trump himself uh, once he gets it. So that's what's happening. Remember, you can follow indictments only on Twitter and turn on notifications and I'll let you know when the indictment happens. Do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, do, I, my, my final wish, I guess you could say, is that that son of a bitch gets arrested. That's it. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the mug shot. I'm going to put them on coffee mugs and we're going to sell them. Oh, it's going to be um, so good. Give the proceeds to the Trevor Project or something. Yeah, we got to make sure we have the picture on the outside, though, so no one has to look at that while they're trying to enjoy their tea. <laughs> <laughs> make yeah, everyone it, else look at it. Put it at the bottom. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be a great way to finish your cup of coffee, though. Like, ah, oh, look at that asshole. Yeah, that's I'll where the sledge belongs on the bottom. The dregs, the wine diamonds. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow, hopefully with some more interesting news. But I mean, today's was pretty great, but we'll see you then. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And take someone with you. In Wisconsin. Do it. Uh, And uh, I've been AG. (laughs) Uh, I've been DG. And uh, um, I feel like Obama. Um, um, Them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, 
How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.